I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Elise Liffring. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data-driven marketing, all explained in plain English. We talk to the biggest names in digital marketing. And in this episode, we'll speak with Chad Fox, Chief Marketing Officer at Dollar General, which has quietly become the biggest U.S. retailer in terms of stores across the country. Retail has always been a big part of Chad's life, even as a boy growing up in small-town America. But now, as top marketer for the company, he's responsible for evolving Dollar General's retail media strategy. We start off by asking him about how the Dollar General brand has been so resilient through the decades since its founding 83 years ago. We're an 83-year-old company, but we're an 83-year-old company in growth mode. One of the key things that has kept us going it goes back to the mission of the company, which was, you know, came from the founding family, and that's to serve others. And it's, it's serving the underserved from both a financial standpoint and a geographic standpoint. You know, I guess it's doing well by doing good. Yeah. And on that note, there's actually dollar generals across the country. Just this past weekend, I went to Bachelorette in Rhode Island. And where did we go to get decorations but Dollar General? Well, thank you. Dollar General is planning to reach 19,000 stores this year, often outside of major urban centers. Can you perhaps shed some light on why the company is so focused on catering to those small town communities? Again, I just go back to that mission and our purpose as a company and serving others and serving the underserved. You know, these folks are, are underserved geographically and they're underserved financially. So we're delivering on our on our mission there. You know, I'll take you back. I grew up in a in a small town out in West Texas called Ranger, Texas. It was population a little over 3000 whenever I was growing up. It's actually less than that now. They even removed one of the two stoplights. But in that little town, there is a convenience store. There is a local, very small, expensive local grocery store, and, and there's a Dollar General. And the only other option that folks who live there have is to drive 20 to 30 miles to get to the county seat where there are more options. And so, you know, we fill that gap. Or better said, we build that bridge for people and we bring them convenience and we bring them affordability. And in the process, you know, we're able to lower the cost of living for them. Would you say it's fair to say that Dollar General fills a need in those smaller communities that perhaps other big box retailers just don't provide? The big box retailers just aren't there. I mean, they're going to be 20 to 30 minutes away in a lot of cases. When you look at those 19,000 stores that we'll be at by the end of this year, 75% of those are in markets of 20,000 people or less. And so that really is, that's rural, that's small town America. And that's where the, the bulk of our footprint is. Customers have to drive quite a ways to get to other options and spend a lot of gas and spend a lot of time doing so. And they really don't have that luxury from a financial standpoint or a time standpoint. We were talking about the frugal shopper or the value shopper and that being core to the brand identity of Dollar General. But I recently saw a report on CNN that said Dollar General's newest shoppers are people making over $100,000. Is that accurate? And if so, does that surprise you in some ways? I mean, our core customer, again, is the underserved geographically and financially as well. But our customer is value-driven and folks that are attracted to our brand are value-driven, whether that's value-driven out of necessity or that's value-driven out of principle. 
And folks that are value-driven out of principle could be at a higher income level. I would say that our concept, our brand, our experience really appeals to that, but agnostic to whether it's out of necessity or principle. The other thing I would say is, and we saw this in the Great Recession, we saw it in the pandemic, and we're seeing it now as we go into this really you know, tough economic climate that our customers find themselves in, people are trading in. And so people are discovering us as they're looking for other options to save money and to find the affordable everyday needs of life. Those tend to be an adjacent customer group that have a higher income that are discovering, you know, what, what I believe is America's best kept secret, which is DG. So you joined the company in 2019. Could you perhaps talk about your experiences that led up to your role at DG? I've had a pretty eclectic mix of experiences over the last 23 plus years, whether that was my military experience straight out of high school or I grew up on the agency side straight out of graduate school, spent some time in CPG, and then, but I'd say the bulk of my career was in retail. All of that lends itself to my perspective and how I approach the world, even starting with the way, you know, I grew up, again, going back to that small town. I mean, that, that's deep in you. And my grandparents owned a, a retail store there for 30 years, a, a general merchandise store. You know, from the time I was old enough to walk, I was unloading trucks on a Friday and stocking shelves and, and changing tires, you know, and oil for people in the garage. So, I mean, I, I grew up in retail all through college. I worked for a retailer. I worked on retail accounts on the, the agency side. I would say all of those, you know, come at it from a different angle and give you a different perspective whether that's of the customer or that's of the business and what it takes to succeed and, and to serve those customers. Yeah, there's no doubt retail is in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say was the primary challenge Dollar General was experiencing when you joined? Dollar General has been doing extremely well for quite some time and, and long before I got there because they truly do serve a purpose in society and in culture. If I were to take a step back and look at it from a marketing standpoint, I think it's not really an awareness challenge. It's more of a consideration challenge. And I would say a consideration challenge just because the brand is still misunderstood by so many. And again, I go back to earlier, I called it, you know, America's best kept secret. I really don't think of us as a dollar store or, or as a player in, in the dollar channel. In fact, I mean, we're a small box discount retailer and we have a lot of competition and a lot of folks that we trade share with and groceries are a big part of what we do for people, household cleaning and paper goods and beauty and OTC and, and then that treasure hunt trip. We really do have a pretty eclectic mix of things that we sell, but the biggest chunk of it is the everyday needs of life and those big national brands, you know, that we all depend on retail media. It's on the tip of every marketer's tongue these days. And, you know, as we head into the holiday shopping season, um, also, we're going to be thinking about it a lot. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about Dollar General's approach to retail media and what sets it apart from others. We've been in the retail media space for probably almost four years. We just recently relaunched the platform but we've been at this for a while, and it was really built on a foundation of a platform that we built called DG Digital Coupons. 
And we really have carved out a pretty substantial space in the digital coupon world. It's something that our customers really love. Over that time, we've we've had 30 million accounts created. So there's quite a bit of first-party data really kind of born out of that. You know, I would say that knowing kind of where the world is going, cookie deprecation, you know, privacy, there's a need to invest and and really build out our first-party database above and beyond what we had. So we've spent the last couple of years doing that. And, you know, we now have the ability to reach over 90% of our active customers with paid media. We've got over 80 million unique customer profiles in our first-party database with over 1,400 derived attributes that can be appended to each one of them. So we've grown it not only horizontally, but we've also grown it vertically in terms of, you know, richness and depth of, of that customer knowledge. And so that's, that's really important for us above and beyond retail media. You know, I go back to our purpose and why we exist. And, you know, the better we can know that customer, the better we can serve that customer, the better we can save them time and we can save them money. As we look at that, we look at other ways to drive our business and serve that customer with that data. One way that makes a ton of sense is to enable our advertisers or our manufacturer partners, our vendors to access that data for audience development and to be able to reach those customers. And as the fastest growing brick and mortar retailer in the US and a huge growth engine for them, the more they can tell their story and the more traffic they can drive to our stores, the more of their products they'll sell. So it's a win-win for us and for the customer. You know, we're able to, you know, deliver a more personalized and relevant message to folks based on what we know from that data. These are rural, small town markets. And in the world of digital media, in the world of performance marketing, not only are these customers underserved financially and geographically, but they're underrepresented. They're underrepresented by the third party audience aggregators. They're underrepresented, you know, in syndicated data. They're underrepresented in the measurement methodologies that we as marketers use to gauge the effectiveness of, of what we're doing. And so what happens so often is you optimize into those audiences that are more efficient, and more effective, whether that's a cost per reach or a cost per store visit or a cost per acquisition. And there is a direct correlation to those audiences in more densely populated areas. So what happens is they're optimizing out of rural small town America. They're optimizing out of roughly 30% of the country. And what we think is most important is they're optimizing out of the fastest growing brick and mortar retailer in the US. And we can help them with that. We can give them access to these customers that we have access to, and we can measure it with closed loop one-to-one -one measurement, and we can show them the attributable store sales and the incremental lift that you know they can see on their brands. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, what differentiates DG Media Network from the sea of other retail media networks out there? We're a bit inverted versus what a lot of other retail media networks are doing because for us, it is, it's an audience first approach. It's because we have this unique data set and this rural piece to it where most other folks started on their site in their app. And yes, we've got inventory available on our site in our app, but any given campaign that we build for our advertisers is really primarily offsite. And again, because it goes back to where is that customer and in that audience first approach. And so I think that is a key differentiator Another thing that I, I think is a differentiator is 
you know, 75%, again, of, of our stores are in markets of 20,000 people or less. And, you know, all that stuff that I was explaining to you about, about how marketers tend to optimize out, what we're able to deliver is a plan that provides them extended, unduplicated reach, and it's additive to their existing plans. If you're sitting there in, in New York as a young media planner and you're putting something together, you're not really thinking about rural America. That's probably not top of mind for you. Yet it's additive. You know, the way that I think of DG Media Network is we're the easy button that agencies and brands and, and shopper marketers can hit to deliver that hard to reach and hard to measure rural customer. I was going to ask you about the holistic approach to marketing, but you touched on everything from brick and mortar to first party data. I mean, we talk about closing the loop. Clearly, you guys can close the loop. And we try to do that, you know, at that one-to-one -one level and very similar to what we've seen over the last, you know, few decades in e-commerce where that conversion takes place online, but in brick and mortar, you're missing that. And so that's what we have built. And so when someone, you know, swipes that card at our stores, we're able to connect that in-store behavior, that in-store conversion back to those folks who, you know, were exposed to that ad. What would you say is your number one priority right now for your marketing strategy? I think it's about telling more people about DG and, and not just the DG brand, because again, we got 19,000 stores across the country here pretty soon, but what the DG brand is all about and how we can you know, help them save both time and money and affordability. And because again, you know, I believe it's a slightly misunderstood brand and whenever people hear about it, then you know, the light bulb goes off and they become a customer for life. So I think telling more people the story, our go talk about category story, our go talk about brand story and attracting them into the franchise. And then, you know, continuing to grow that relationship with them once they're there and drive them deeper into, uh, into that ecosystem and, you know, continuing to deliver for them and then retaining them. I think it's this basic, you know, set of objectives there, but, uh, but it works. So as you try to reach those consumers that you're talking about, are there any other platforms you're experimenting with? For sure. I mean, and I would say from a retail media network standpoint and from an enterprise marketing standpoint. So we want to make sure that we're going where the customer is. So we're always looking for that incremental reach. If it can give us that incremental reach, then we'll certainly explore it. We want to be able to leverage our first party data as often as we can in all of our marketing. Clearly that's critical for DG Media Network. That's part of the core of what it's all about. And then we want to measure, be able to measure everything that we do. We're a scrappy underdog and we have to punch above our weight and we have to get credit for everything that we do. And so, you know, we talk about money balling it whenever it comes to our approach to media and our, our approach to marketing. So if we're able to do those things, we're out there testing and learning all the time. And if it works, we'll scale it. And finally, I just want to ask you about our latest campaign, Here for What Matters campaign, which I caught some of those uh, commercials. And I just wanted you to address, you know, why those campaigns matter and how they sort of speak to the soul of, of Dollar General. The intent of that campaign is really to tell the Dollar General story. We spoke earlier about serving others and that being our mission, our purpose. And that story really hasn't been told to the public in a big way. We tend to be a, a humble but confident company that hasn't been out there, you know, telling that very, very proudly. 
you know, in a customer facing way. And so that that's really what that campaign is is all about, is telling the Dollar General story and why we exist and our purpose and about the customer and how we serve that customer. And that's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next time we'll have Nate Knockwell, the head of North America Consumer Experience Organization at Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health. The more in which we can reinforce what we stand for and the more in which we can have that be reflective of what true consumer needs are, I think the more that's an advantage for us in the market. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Loving Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Cassie Crosby, Ivan Sikic, and Kat Vesey. And remember, you know, I go back to our purpose and why we exist. And, you know, the better we can know that customer, the better we can serve that customer, the better we can save them time and we can save them money. I'm Damien. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next time.